Hey, everybody. Brad here. On behalf of Carter and Austin, I want to say thank you all so much for your prayers and your support the last few weeks. Obviously, we have not had any new content out. We've been dealing with some uh, just some personal issues and just a few attacks and a few different situations that have come up within our church family and within our own lives that we've had to deal with and, and feel like we needed to take a break. Uh, but we are back. We are excited to be back. This episode was recorded back in July, and it was supposed to be released on July 22nd, I think. Um, so it is a little dated. We, we keep referencing Tuesday. So if you haven't listened to episode 23, go back and listen to episode 23 because it does tie in a little bit with this one. There are some new changes, uh, some new circumstances within our lives that you know we'll, we'll start sharing with you guys as we start recording again. We are going to start recording again, so we're going to start putting out some new content next week. So we look forward to that. Thank you all so much for your support, your continued support, and we are excited to get back into this and start releasing episodes each week. So without further ado, here's episode 24, part three of our series on manliness. Thank you, guys. Guys, episode 24, Rooted in Logos podcast. My name is Brad. I'm joined as always by two of the coolest members of this podcast, Austin and Carter. <laughs> two of the three coolest. Two of the three cool. coolest members nice. of the podcast, yeah. So, hi guys. How we doing? Doing good. Doing good. Um, yeah. Are we, have we recovered from Tuesday's episode yet? Because oh, that was, that was a rough one. Thanks to your dancing or whatever that was, your bobbing. Yeah, you feel better now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah, we we were swaying around a little bit ago listening to <laughs> Let's fill a different song. Let's Phil Wickham, yeah. <clears throat> Palette cleansing, just to get, <laughs> get her. Because unfortunately, what what uh, stinks about that one was it's, it's a little catchy, and I don't like that. That was not catchy. I don't know, I, but music gets stuck here. I don't remember the words. <laughs> I tried to get it out of my head, yeah, and it it's worked. awful. All but, I heard was, come for your children. That yeah. Was, that was it. Anyway. So, episode 24, we're excited. Uh, just remember, guys, like us on all the social medias. Give us a five-star review on Apple. Subscribe. Hit us up on uh, all of our platforms and websites and stuff. I, I said last week we were going to try to work on the website this week, and I didn't. So, I'm going <laughs> to make that claim again. I'm going to try to attempt to do it this week. <laughs> do what to? Just kind of bring it up to date and kind of do more with it because we've neglected that one. It's become the redhead stepchild of our of our platforms, I think. What you got to get ready? What? What? <laughs> what you got to do? What do you got to get redheads, bro? I mean, do they have souls even? Oh, you I'm talked kidding. to Emily lately? I'm kidding. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a no, joke. Not. Yes, I am. Redheads are amazing. All right, here we go. Um, but, but all guys, children. But our website is not. But our website's, it's okay. We got this. It's because you need a computer to do it. I don't have one. Yeah. I mean, I and do. And I'm a, not technologically sad. I'm always so. back and forth. I can't just leave one somewhere because right. then I don't know where I'll be. <laughs> so, Brad? Oh, transient nomads. Anyway. so Honestly, if I could go back to smoke signals, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so uh, also we have bracelets to sell if you want them two bucks. It's a two dollar donation for a bracelet. Uh, just we're going to uh, send some of that money to, to our Haiti mission missions group from our church. Uh, we're also going to put some money into the podcast and, and uh, advertising and try to beef up our listenership just so we can become a little more legitimate and, you know, hopefully reach more, hopefully people. Reach, reach more people. And I've been on some Facebook groups that are private that are for podcasters. And I've, when they give us the opportunity to, I'll promote our show and have one that's a theology or Christian group 
and they've asked for different recommendations. So I recommended ours. And so hopefully we'll get some new listenership from some of those. Um, Sweet. So that's kind of where we are. But until then, let's dive into the third installment of our series on manliness, biblical manhood. Uh, This one will be a shorter one. We're just going to kind of go over a couple of brief topics because we've gone long the last few weeks and even, even Tuesdays was long, longer than I anticipated. So Let's dive into this and, and try to keep it try to keep it shorter for you guys. Yeah, for your listening pleasure. So. No, it's cool because um, again, biblical manhood. We're starting. We're going to start getting into marriage. What does that look like? As in preparing for marriage. If you're not married or if you're already married, biblically ways we can look at helping. Looking at marriage. What is going to change when you become married as a man or? As a woman, too. When you become married, what's going to change? Everything. Everything changes. I think I've talked about it before in uh, the past episode. M- men, when you get married, that idea of going out with your buddies completely changes. It is It is no longer uh, you're getting home from work and your buddy calls you up and says, Hey, yeah, you want to go, I don't know, get a beer? Or, hey, you want to go play a video game or whatever? You can't do that anymore. Um, your responsibility is your wife. And so, and again, that's not saying that you can't schedule things with your friends to go do. That is that is okay. But there, you need to keep in mind that you are one flesh with this woman now. You are one. So, doing things separately, does it shouldn't happen very often. So, we'll, we'll look into that a little bit more as we progress. Again, this this will probably... This is a very big topic. This might take us another couple weeks. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how far it goes. Um, so we'll talk about marriage a little bit more. I want to look at this really quick. We, we discussed it a little bit Tuesday. Again, the culture. We live in a culture that doesn't think very highly of marriage. And we see that. Um, the divorce rate. The, the idea of marriage is when I'm not happy, then, oh, well, we're done. Uh, I, we're not happy anymore. We're not mutually happy. So let's get a divorce and move on. And that's wrong. That's not biblical. And then looking at the culture, they definitely, they do not think very highly of children. And we see that 152%. Yeah. It's well, they, they think highly of them in, in the fact, in the sense that they could use them to push their agenda. Exactly. Not in a way of caring and, and nurturing, but in a way of, how can we use them to push our ideas? Well, it's how can we push your children to push our ideas? Right. Yeah. We, we kill babies every day, right? I I'm, I forgot what the, the number of abortions are since Roe v. Wade, but it's millions. Millions. That's, that's just, that's the culture we live in. Uh, the fact that, like, like you said Tuesday, you can walk into an abortion clinic, have an abortion, and walk out with a smile on your face. Because you just did the world a service, right? Because now You're you the environment, <clears throat> right? You just <laughs> contributed to the not overpopulating the the world, which uh, <sighs> I'm gonna try not to get too overheated here. So, people today, on average, that what they only want 1.3, 2.5 kids. That shows me just how selfish people are. The fact that you only want a couple kids, why? Why are some of the reasons why people always only want a few children? Well, well, the biggest one is selfishness. You might not see it that way, but 
if you only have a couple kids, you the more kids you have, that's the less time you get to yourself. The less time you get to go do fun things. So pe- people that would only have maybe one or two kids because of the things that they want to do or buy and have. What is the heart behind it? What is the heart behind that? And, and it's selfishness. It is. Psalms 127.5, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, children. Okay. Again, I, I think I've said this before when we were discussing uh, spiritual warfare. Children as arrows in your quiver. An archer that shows up to the battlefield with one, maybe two arrows, like for a beginning battle. What would you think about him? It's like, well, this guy's not useful. He's not going to last very long. Yeah. Now, <laughs> as a uh, side note, please don't take this as you, you could only have a couple kids. That I'm, I'm not addressing you. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Well, if you I can only it. have a couple kids and that's as many as you could have, then I... You do what you can. Right. God God, God has that. God has right. that, He's, yes. Yeah. But when you are trying to, I guess, plan your family, and you are telling God, no, I only want two children. I don't want you to give me any more. Because of your own selfish desires, that's wrong. We are supposed to be filling our quiver. Uh, Genesis 128, be fruitful and multiply. It doesn't say stop at one or two. It says multiply. Have children, have godly children. We need to be fruitful, be raising them in God's word. So having the mentality as Christians, having that mentality of, I don't want to bring any or have any more children into this evil world. As Christians, that is what we need to be doing. And I I do, I understand that mentality of this world is wicked and evil. Sure. For we sure. saw that yes uh, thir- uh Tuesday mm. <laughs> right <laughs> we saw that on Tuesday we yeah. talked about that Tuesday how corrupt this is becoming yeah. we, we we've been talking about it throughout this entire show honestly and we'll talk about it more yeah yeah but yeah it's that thought of well I don't want to bring any more children into this world because of how awful it is if us Christians stop having children teaching them through scripture the word and raising up the, the next generation of believers this world is going to hell in a handbasket even quicker. I mean, yes, you less, have the less great... people to fight. Yeah. Yes, you have the Great Commission. Yes, we are to go out and preach the good news <laughs> and pray to God that these people turn to God, turn to Christ. But it is also our job as Christians to have children, to raise godly offspring. And again, it is. It's having and raising godly children, future brothers and sisters in Christ to combat and stand in this evil day. We are training. We are training our brothers and sisters. And sometimes it's hard to look at them that way because my oldest is four and she's my, my, my daughter. She's my little girl. But I also need to look at her in that lens of praying, also hoping in Christ that she will one day be my future sister in Christ. And I need to train her in that way. So keep having children. We need to be having more children. Quit stopping at one or two. If if you can have more, then have more. And it's actually a thing that I, I my wife and I, we see a lot in the church. These older couples that only had a couple of children, as they got older, as they got deeper in their faith, every single one of them are like, I, I wish I had more. Yeah. If I If I knew what I knew now back then, we would have had more. 
Yeah, well, I just want to, again, clarify that this is not a shot at people who only have one or two kids that for whatever reason, medically or, or just even age wise, like we, it, it's, what is the motivation behind only having one or two kids? Exactly. Is it a selfish motivation? That's the differentiation yes. between sinful and not sinful is, is what are the, what's the desire behind it? The motivation behind it. Yeah. If I know plenty of people with one uh, godly family with one or two kids. Yes. And that's, that's is perfectly okay. As long as that's not, well, we're doing that just so we don't have to spend any more money. Or we're doing it just so we don't have to give up our individual freedom to go out and party or go out and, you know, go out with the girls and have a wine and painting day or whatever. Exactly. You know, like, it's... <laughs> I, no, but it's true. But it, it is. is. That, that's, that's... We want to make sure we're clear on that. Yes. That we're not just condemning outright people that have one kid or yeah, two kids. Yeah, because there, there are people out there... Well, I mean, we, we know people, we have friends that... They struggle to have one. Right. They do everything they can just to have one. And but in in my mind, in, in my understanding of scripture, they are doing everything they possibly can to uphold scripture. They want that child. They want that soul that God has for them. And I it breaks my heart because some couples they don't. They don't have that biological child and and it it, it hurts my heart because I think if Emily and I couldn't have children, I mean, that would be really hard. But it goes to that, okay, God has something else in store for you. And a, a lot of them, they adopt. Right. Or they could only have one or two. So they adopted three or four. And adoption, that's a whole different topic. Money, stuff like that, yes. Mm-hmm. But also looking at, I mean, we're in America. We're one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And... A lot of people say, well, well, babies are expensive. I don't see that. Yeah, they, they cost money. They do. But they're not as expensive as a lot of people say. Now, unless you're going out and buying name brand clothes and... It's a matter of where your priorities lie, Diamond studded binkies and stuff hey, like that. Hey, you gotta... Hey, you gotta... You gotta... You gotta swag them out. Golly. <laughs> there are ways to do it. My wife and I, we, we do a lot of yard sales. A lot of yard sales. That's where we get most of our our clothes, especially for our kids. Right. And yeah, if you're going out and buying top of the line everything, then yeah, you might you might want to rethink it. But again, we're in the wealthiest country on the face of the planet. So do not take that side of oh well, uh, they're too much money. Now, granted. We'll see what it's like when they're teenagers. Great, but <laughs> when they won't stop eating. That's that's oh, the yeah. issue. <laughs> hey, gardens, grow your food. That's, that's right. what we're doing. So look going back toward towards marriage and looking at getting married for, for young men and young women. Yeah, I wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't married and if I didn't have kids. Um my spiritual growth would not be where it is unless I had that helpmate. And again, like I've talked about before. When you get married, um, again, sorry, I'm not I'm not talking about you, Brad, <laughs> but that you, you become more of a whole man than you were. And the reason in being is, again, look back at Adam and Eve. When Adam, when, when God took that rib out of Adam, he wasn't as much of a whole man as he was before. So when he fashioned Eve out of that rib, when he was joined with Eve, he became that whole man. 
Now, that's not saying if you're not married, you're not a, a whole man, but you are more so when you're married because now you have that helpmate. And again, I wouldn't be where I am today. My my spiritual growth, my I, even my understanding of scripture, I don't think would be where I am today without. I mean, I that. I would think it forces your hand. It does. Like it 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 forces you to make it either a priority or not a priority. Yes, and because I mean, even the limited experience I have on on the parenting side of things. The, the level of patience required, the level of God's grace required to handle the situations that arise. You either make it a priority to do it with God or, or you just don't. Right. And, and it's there's not a lot of middle ground in that, at least just from my ex- limited experience. Yeah. Not a lot of middle ground. It's either I'm doing it on my own or I'm doing it with God. Yes. And if you have a, a wife to, to support you with that, it makes it a lot easier to do it with God as well, yes. I, I, would think. I would think. Well, and it's super cool. So like... It, with you being a single man, wanting that, wanting that relationship, being in the church as as you are my brother in Christ, as Carter, you are my brother in Christ, you have that you still have that responsibility. Because even though I am the father of my children, you guys are part of our church family. That is also part part of your responsibility. And I I, I reference the basically my knights temp or my knights round table. You know, I have those nights that I have set up around my table, and in so doing, it puts a lot of responsibility on them. And one of those responsibilities are my children. Um, one, to help reinforce the things that I'm teaching them, because I, I know that these men are, they are foundational in Scripture, and they are going to be teaching them what I am teaching them. But also on the other side, if I'm not here anymore, if something happens to me, these men at this table, I I know. I am completely 100% secure in the fact that they will be teaching my children what real men should, what true biblically sound men should. And that that's that's your job. Yeah. And that uh, on the other side, that's my job for other children in the church as well. So men, you need to keep keep that in mind. Well, we talked about it last week and and Carter you weren't here, but we talked about the the idea that that men need to be in the children's ministry. Like like strongly older wise men need to be in there wise alongside of, of you, Carter, and, and others that are learning and they're pouring into you and you're pouring into the kids and it's just this this overflow of knowledge and wisdom pouring into our children because we, we saw Tuesday what the opposite of that looks like. Right. And, and yes. what the other side is trying to do. And so when we have Carter and we have people older than Carter that are pouring into them as well, it just strength along with the parents, it just strengthens that, that foundation and allows them to stand up to the attacks that are coming. I mean, even at, at, again, it at, is at as young as kindergarten. Yes. So good job, Carter. Keep it up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to hear your voice. That was all that was for. And and good job. Like it was both. Yes. 100%. Can't en- hear it anymore. Encouragement and want <laughs> to hear your voice. So, looking at getting <clears throat> married, how not to find your future wife. Ooh, ooh, ooh. My entire... No. The, don't. Oh. Quit that. <laughs> Quit that. <laughs> Sorry. God has something for you. <laughs> Trust in it. 
all the decisions I've made do the opposite, men. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Not, all not, not all of them. That's totally not true. Well, the one about like in UK, do the complete opposite. Okay. <laughs> all right. You said it, not me. <laughs> I'm kidding. Self-deprecating humor is fine. Go ahead, Austin. It's fine. It's fine. It's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I really, I want to hone in today on recreational dating. What is that? So, let's go into it a little bit. Basically... If you are looking at dating or you're dating someone without looking at that woman on the first date, asking yourself the questions, number one, will she make a godly wife? Two, will she make a godly mother? But if your first thought and answer is, wait, whoa, 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 I'm I'm not even talking or, or thinking about marriage right now, that's an issue. If you are looking at this woman or girl, you're a young man, this is a girl, and, okay, face value, she's gorgeous, great personality, that's cool. Um, You can talk to her, that's great. Well, my, and and again, a lot of the stuff I I get from Paul Washer, um, I, I go through his stuff a lot, and it's this mentality of, okay, at what point do you, did you think that God showed you that you should marry this woman? And more times than not, the the reaction is, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm I'm not even thinking about marriage right now. I'm just thinking about the, the, this this girl is great. That that's wrong. The whole purpose of dating is to be married. The purpose of dating is so that you can be married. So, if that is your mentality, if that's what you're thinking, then you shouldn't even be dating in the first place. And it, it stinks to say, it does, but what is the purpose of it? This is not to fulfill your your physical needs, definitely not. Definitely not. This is not to fulfill your, your spiritual and emotional, emotional needs. needs. Yeah. The reason being is because that is for marriage. The whole purpose of being married is to fulfill those needs. And if, if you are dating for this long term or you're dating at a young age not even looking at marriage then you're fulfilling the needs that are not meant to be fulfilled until you're married well and and it also want to point out too and and this is where and just in my experience where i've struggled a couple of different in a couple different relationships where i realize this is not the person i need to marry this is not the person that i need to to be with forever but yet I keep the dating relationship going longer than it needs to, mm. right? Because I'm comfortable, because I don't like change, because I don't want to hurt anybody. Like, there, whatever reason it was, I knew in the back of my mind, this is not who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. The relationship needs to cut ties here. Yet I just kept going with it. So I, don't do that because it just makes it worse. It makes it harder yes. to, to end it. It makes the ending much more dramatic than it needs to be. And... It, it does. It, you you are getting your emotional and, and and spiritual needs met in a way that it isn't. It's not intended. Yeah, exactly. So when you know men or or even women, when you know that this is not who you need to marry and, and who you need to spend your life with, break it off then, right then and there. That yeah. ha- that has to be the the mentality. And 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 again, uh, it's, do it gently. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah. be a butthead about it. But <laughs> it's it's asking you yourself those questions, yeah. women. 
you meet this guy. He's cool. He's handsome. <laughs> or as uh, the Bible would describe David, he was rugged, rugged and handsome. Um, <laughs> you need to look at him from the eyes of, okay, is this man going to be able to lead me? Scripturally, spiritually, physically, um, is he going to make a great father? Is he going to be able to raise my children in the aspect of scripture? And if either one of those questions is no, then the whole relationship should be no. And again, it's hard because what do we look at? We look at attraction. Attraction isn't, it, it, it is, that's it, a God thing. I mean, God has made women beautiful and guys, we are attracted to that. So, attraction is one thing, but you need to be asking yourself those questions. So, dating's, dating's purpose is for marriage. If you are dating without wanting marriage for a long period of time, you're sinning. You are, because you are seeking, like, like we were talking about, you're seeking that fulfillment when you should not be. So, because, why are you sinning? You are wanting something from that woman that should only be meant for marriage. You want it without the commitment. And it's dangerous. It is not manly. You you are not a man. I'm sorry to say it. No, no, not sorry to say it. You're not a man if you are in a relationship with this woman, not even considering marriage, but using her. And I, I'm not even talking about physically, okay? I uh, Emotionally, um, that emotional need for that helpmate. You are using her in a way that you should not be. Nowhere in scripture is this new form or recreational dating ever brought up. It is so far removed from scripture, it is not even addressed. Again, that mentality of you go, you start dating this woman without even thinking of marriage. That's not at all what scripture is about. That's not what it's talking about. So why do people date without any intentions of getting married? Well, a couple reasons. One, to satisfy the lusts of the flesh and, and entertainment, basically. You're bored. You want that relationship. You want someone to fill your time with. Uh, two, can be it can be to satisfy heartfelt passions that are, are biblical, but not seeking them God's way. Most have that biblical want and need for that relationship with a woman, but you're going about it the basically the wrong way. You, you want the benefits, but not the covenant, not that commitment. And that is that is very important. Again, you want you want to satisfy these needs that are biblical. That is why God gave I mean one of the reasons why God gave us marriage to satisfy those as scripture says, burning desires. So if Men, definitely, I'm speaking to men, but women too. Men, if you are in this relationship using this woman, you're a coward. You are a coward. You want her for your own selfish desires. If you are not going to marry this woman, quit leading her on and quit sinning. Because in your sin, you are also causing her to sin. Why? Because you're leading her in the wrong way. Women... You need to be looking at this. If these men are not going to marry you, you, you need to you need to tell them, look, 
put a ring on it or you're not going to get anything. And I'm not even talking about that physical relationship. I mean, we know that physical relationship outside of marriage is sexual immorality. That's wrong. But that emotional relationship, if he's using you, cut it off. I just, just keep that in mind. Real men quit being cowards, accept responsibility, reject passivity and lead courageously. You're being passive. This is supposed to be a covenant. And again, we've talked about covenant. What is it? It's this, this thing where you, in the Old Testament, whenever you come into a covenant with someone, if one person is not upholding their side of the covenant, then the other person fulfills their side until they can come and start fulfilling theirs. So quit being a coward and quit rejecting passivity. And if this is what God has for you, then do it. Number three, you have a consumer mentality. You want to just try several models until you get the right one you like, which is very bad. So real quick. I'm almost done. Oh, you are? Oh, I'm almost done. Give me. Yeah, no, I gotta leave okay. All right, okay. so um, we have to say goodbye to Carter. He's got to go to work, but we're gonna spend the next couple of minutes just finishing up this topic. So, Carter, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, we'll see you on Saturday. We'll get back. Nope. We'll see you next week. We'll get back to it. Carter's gone. Carter's right. gone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Consumer mentality. You cannot enter into a relationship with a woman without creating a bond. And again, I'm not just talking about that physical. Even if there is no physical relationship, sex, kissing, holding hands, whatever, without creating a bond. Okay, there is. I I remember growing up, I think my parents brought it to me as Play-Doh. What happens when you take two different colors of Play-Doh and just stick them together? You stick them together once. You pull them apart it's inevitable. You yeah. have will have a little bit of color on each one. Right. And that is to, one, show the man and the woman, but also the time. How much time are they together? You stick it together, and they're together for a long period of time. You start molding that clay together. Okay, now try to separate. The colors will be mixed. It's inevitable. Um, so that that's a really good... Visual for parents with young children later in life. I don't know. (laughs) Um, That bond. A few ways to look at it is, number one, when you finally do find the one that you are to marry, and you go to the altar to become married, you are not a whole man. Why? (laughs) Because of the women you dated before and made that bond with. You had these bonds with these different women, so now you're coming into this relationship not as a whole man. Or two, you were at the altar marrying the one, but in reality, you brought all of those other women with you to the altar. It, I, I guess you could call it baggage, but it, it's this, you're, you're bringing all these other women that you've had relationships with, and, and even men, women. You're bringing all of these men that you've had relationships yeah. with. And if you cross that line into the physical, that sexual immorality, then it is so much heavier and it is so much worse. So yeah, when you have crossed that line into the physical, 
uh, back back in Genesis, Adam and Eve, it calls you to become one flesh. When you have crossed that line, you've become one flesh with that woman or with that man. And it's hard to come back from that to, to be married to another woman that you have already had that sexual relationship with a different woman or with a different man, you've crossed that line and it's really hard to come back from that. So difference, the difference between recreational dating versus true dating, biblical dating, or, or as uh, we called it courting. Um, scripture is full of telling you to flee from sexual immorality. So courting helps with that. It helps keep both the men and the women accountable to themselves and to God. And it's, it's, it's hard because especially growing up in this culture where they're telling you, you can basically do whatever you want, uh, be with whoever you want, do whatever you want with them. We need to look at it biblically. And um, my wife and I, we courted growing up. Um, we're not growing up. We were taught <laughs> courting yeah. growing up. And um, the difference is, is, is it's important because when you date and you're going out, there is no accountability. You're with this woman. You go do whatever you want wherever. And there's no accountability. There's no one there to keep you guys accountable. And passions fly. I mean – the the physical attraction is very powerful. That that is why, it, from my understanding of scripture, and again looking at courting, it it shouldn't be long. The courtship or the even the engagement should not be long because you are extending this time where it's more than likely you will fall yeah, to those those passions. You are delaying the desires that God gave you. You're, you're delaying satisfying those desires. And you're putting yourself, like you said, in a position to where I'm more likely to fail because I have to wait so much longer. And it's building. And it's building because you know it's coming. You know it's you know what's on the other side of that wedding day, and you just want to get there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so looking at it that way, my wife and I we we courted when we oh goodness she was 16, I was 17, I was going to be turning 18. And I went to her dad and I, we sat down and I asked him, I said, I, I want to court your daughter. <laughs> and I remember he gave me this look like, do you even know what that means? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I was raised this way. Um, one, men, have you even asked the father if you were, can date his daughter? That is important. It's not just the asking for her hand in marriage. It's, can I date your daughter? Can I court your daughter? That is important. Now, yeah, you might come across the father that says, oh, I don't care what you do with her, just whatever. Well, then you go to her pastor. You go to those men in her life that have that leadership role, and you ask them. And it it should be the pastor if it's not the father. Um. So yeah, I went to her dad. I asked him, and we we started courting. And what that looks like is, in the old ways of doing it back, say eighteen seventeen hundreds, the courting is say you went for a walk with this woman that you are proposing or wanting to become married to. You would have a chaperone. You would have someone walking behind you that can hear you guys, that can see you guys, make sure you're not crossing lines that you shouldn't 
And we have been so far removed from that. Why? Because it's not conducive. That's not, it goes against what our flesh wants. But as Christians, we need that. We need that accountability. And so whatever we did, we were with family. We were with friends. We were never alone. And it is good. I mean, I, grow, when we were young, uh, again, just starting, we wanted to be alone. We wanted to be alone and not have those people watching. Right. But it is so good that we did because it kept us from falling into those temptations. There are so many ways this can go and so many yeah. conversations we can have based on this. I mean, you look at text messaging and, and social media and, and Snapchat and Tinder. Not Tinder. No. But oh, gosh. Kids, but like Snapchat and these Christians, these Christians, you should not be using Tinder. Also fair. But but you have all these these apps and this way. It's so much easier for kids to be sneaky now. It is. And, and, and for, for teenagers to specifically. I, I think this does apply a lot. It applies to me, too. But like, I think there's a lot of. This could really help teenagers too. Like, guys, calm. Be careful your text messages. Be careful what you're sending. How intimate you're getting on that level as well. Um, It, it, you know, it's so much more easy to communicate and be quote unquote alone than it ever has been. Yes, you know, back in the 1800s. Heck, even in the 90s, even in the 90s, it was harder to be alone. I mean, he had AOL Instant Messenger, right? But like that. Didn't have all the text messages and all the video chats and all the stuff that you can do now to, to be alone and be by yourselves. Yeah. Even if your parents don't want you to be, or even if but it was you landlines. Be. You yeah. were talking on the home phone, but you couldn't talk long because then your mom and dad needed to get on the phone, right? Or they were using the internet and you couldn't talk on the phone because <laughs> it was the landline. Yep. Or yeah. they can just pick up the phone and listen to you talk. That too. I mean that. I mean that was you know an option. So yeah. just. It's so important to, to stay as pure as possible and, yes. and, and to keep yourself. It sounds old fashioned. It sounds weird to have a chaperone. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Heck, even when when I was that age, I wasn't necessarily chaperoned on dates. Like I, I, I should have probably, you know, should have been. I, you know, we all make certain mistakes and, and whatnot. But the accountability is 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 necessary. Yeah. It, it does. It sounds so bizarre and so countercultural and, and even a little like for me as someone who likes to be in somewhat control of things you know and have a little bit of control i'm like i don't need someone watching me i can control my like that kind of arrogance of like i don't need that yep i mean but really like it's not smart to be alone it is not it's just not well and and so yeah talking to the the younger generation the the 15 16 younger i mean they have girlfriends in mid-school right whatever um we need, uh, as parents or as adults, we need to be very aware of that. And we need to be aware of what we are having our children around. Uh, in Song of Solomon, um, the the bride talks about, it's a warning. I urge you, do not awaken love until it basically it's time. And she's referencing that it was awakened in me too early. and I, And I desire that. And now you have this desire that has been awakened in our young men and our young girls so early, too early. And so for these these young couples that are 15, 16, younger, the reasoning why we're, we're saying this is because for the girls, you don't understand yet. But for the guy 
for you just to basically just gently graze our hand. Uh, God forbid, hold our hand. <laughs> you have no idea what that does to us. Right. Like the hormones es- just. Especially, especially at that age. Especially at that age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, not trying to get too graphic, but for men, at that time, at that time, especially, you graze our hand, you you touch our shoulder. We there's a physical reaction. Are physically <laughs> charged. Yeah. And for girls, it is not that way. The women's side, it, it is that more emotional, that more that physical. Whereas the guy, it's not so much. And there's that difference. And parents, we need to be talking to our our sons and our daughters this way. To, showing them and telling them the differences between them so that they can better understand. So when the young woman has this young man that she likes to be aware that if, if I touch his hand or if I, I touch his shoulder to understand what that's going to do to him. Not yeah, No, don't go as far as to tell her, her exactly. Of course that, that that'll take right. time. And for, for the young men, we need to be telling them, your sisters, the the young women in church, you're not to wrestle them. You are not to grab them like you would grab the other the other guys. You are to treat them differently. You have to treat them differently because they are girls. They are women. They are not boys. And it, you might have some tomboys, and, and that's fine. I mean, I would I want my girls to go fishing. I'm going to teach my girls how to hunt. But they are not my son. Um, for now, I I wrestle with them. But as they get older, I won't. Of course. It will be different. Boys, young men, you cannot be going up and grabbing these girls. You cannot be wrestling with them. Even hugs. Um, that's something that's not addressed. No. Um, you cannot go in full frontal hug a woman. I, for certain reasons, uh, it should be a side hug. And I'm going to leave that to your parents <laughs> to ask them why. And I'm hoping you parents can tell them why. Yeah. But it is protecting your young men. It is protecting your daughters. Well, we are so hypersexualized in this country. Yes. In this culture. I mean, it, it, it's... We, we've alluded to this multiple times in multiple episodes, but I mean, they're, they're teaching kids in kindergarten self-pleasure. Like, I mean, they're, they're talking about that with them and, and how it's okay to do this, that, and the other. And it's just, it's, it's starting so early and we got to combat that. I mean, just, I guess to kind of wrap this up and to kind of tie it in a little bit with what we talked about Tuesday, the way we fight that hypersexualization, the way we fight the, we're coming for your children mentality and the indoctrination that we're seeing Yes, get them out of public schools if at all possible. Keep them away from the government-run agencies if at yes. all possible. Do that if you can. If you can't, we understand, but godly families, starting them now at, at a young age to respect boundaries, to respect boundaries that God has put in place, that is that is how we fight these issues that, that are attacking us on a daily basis and that are in our schools and in our culture, in our, on, on our television screens, in our children's cartoons. Yes. That we're, you know, Disney. that is how we combat these issues is it has to start at the family level, which means that families now with kids teach your kids now 
these issues and, and teach them to respect their bodies, their their future wives' bodies. If they're dating or courting or whatever, keep those boundaries in place and be strict about it. Like yeah. be, you're gonna upset them. It's it's gonna be an issue. It's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a struggle. But, but the boundaries the need to stay in place. So who's the parent? Yeah. And and yes, I you can. Oh, I taught my kid not to do this, that, and the other. Guys, that goes out the window when they're in a car by themselves. Yes, I mean it does. It it just does. And and there's a difference between teaching obedience versus teaching trying to teach desire. Exactly. And you can teach obedience all day long, and you might have an obedient child, but for the sake of obedience versus them wanting to yeah. obey. Yeah, and and it's it's just it's very important because we are attacked on a daily basis with these sexual ideas and ideologies. Yeah, and we just need to, we, it starts with the family. Well, so in. And we'll we'll talk about it in later later weeks with biblical manhood. So prepare that not <laughs> um, graphical sex, but within the church, parents, we need to be talking to our children about this as not such a taboo subject. Right. And parent, and it is the parents' job. Yes, I mean, I don't want. I would want my my kids to hear from me. About right. this sort of thing, not. Well, I mean, yes, the church needs to address it, but right. and it's not just the 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 sex ed type right, deals, exactly. but that okay. When your daughter is married, she she grows up in the church, and this whole time it's that mentality of okay, not exposing the body, can't be naked in front of anybody because that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Well, then now she's married to this man, and now she has to completely reverse that mentality of well this whole time it's been wrong but now it's okay in front of this man and the insecurities that come with that you you have no idea you have no idea and i'm speaking from experience right and we need to be discussing this because again in the church it is taboo nobody wants to talk about this but we have to why because the world is shoving it in our children's faces and we need to be able to bring it to them in a biblical way. <laughs> because the alternative is debauchery. Exactly. Yeah. It is, is evil. Sexual the immorality. The alternative is disgusting and evil. Yeah. We t- again, we talked about that pretty in depth on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, and So go back and listen if you haven't because yeah. we get into it. Yeah. But um, So one thing I, I'll leave you with, looking at our children, Okay. Our children are, are not believers. They do not have the Holy Spirit. Uh, my children do not. I am I am praying and I am hoping in Christ that their names will be written in the book of life. But as of right now, they're not. So as of right now, my children do not have any morals besides what I teach them. And they have no conviction. We know conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. They don't have the Holy Spirit, so therefore they have no conviction. So... I am their conviction. I am to be their conviction by way of the Holy Spirit in me. I am to convict them. Parents, you need to be doing the same for your children until that time where they do have the Holy Spirit. So, keep that in mind. Guys, it is so important, and I can't stress to you enough, men, the best thing you can do for your wives is be in the word and be praying. Because if you are becoming one with Christ, 
your relationship with your wife will become so much better. Just think of that triangle where the cross is at, is at the top point of the triangle. You're on either side of it, you and your wife. The closer you get to the cross, the closer you get to each other. Yes. I mean, it's a simplistic visualization of that, but it's yeah. true, though. The closer you get to Christ, the closer to each other you become. Yes. And in that, so that's, doing... And that's in all relationships. That's not just husband-wife relationships. Yeah, true. That's in all brother, brother, you know, Christian brothers, Christian sisters. Yes. That's in all relationships. The closer you are to Christ, the better tight of a bond you have with your with your fellow believers. Yeah. And and for that man it's you're leading. Yeah. Even though say you have an unbelieving spouse which that's opening can of worms so I'm not going into it but you following Christ being in the word praying you leading a godly life you are leading her. You will. It is inevitable. Yeah. So, I'll leave you with that. We love you guys. We we We'd love to pray for you guys individually and specifically. So if you guys have any prayers, let us know. But as of right now, we just pray for you guys. Absolutely. We pray for our listeners. Absolutely. So guys, thank you for listening to this episode of Rooted in Logos. We will be back on Tuesday. We're going to dive back into Romans, kind of pick up where we left off in four and start start with Romans 5. So we look forward to that, and we'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, stay rooted. Stay rooted. Thank you for listening to our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, like, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. You can find us on Apple, Google, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Rooted in Logos Pod, or even on our website, www.rootedinlogospod.com. And if you want to support us financially, visit us at patreon.com slash rootedinlogospod.